Well, good morning again. For those of you who might not know, my name is Joe Moore, and I'm the assistant pastor for older adults and congregational care. And it's a privilege for me to share with you this morning what God has directed me to and what God has laid on my heart. Uh, 28 years ago, on a Sunday morning, my wife woke me up and said, it's time. It was time to go to the hospital for the birth of our youngest daughter. So we celebrate her today, uh, 28 years. My baby girl is 28 years old. And two weeks ago, she was engaged. So we are planning a wedding in a, a year from now in September. But I just want to acknowledge uh, Lauren's birthday today and what a joy it is to be her dad and to walk with her in her life's journey. Can you believe that we are more than halfway through the summer? On some senses, we're glad of that because of the 100-degree weather we have been experiencing But halfway through the summer, moving into August means that things are going to start up again. We look forward to uh, kickoff in August. Uh, I hope that students are looking forward to returning to school and to get back into whatever we call normal. So it's exciting that where we are, but it's also overwhelming to see how quickly we move through the seasons, and through our lives. Allow me to read the scripture this morning from John chapter 10, verses 7, 8, John chapter 10, and I didn't bring up my bulletin, so I should know what scriptures I'm reading. 10 and 11. What else can go wrong? I forgot my mic this morning. Do you say Sheila run out? I forgot to put my mic on this morning. 10 and 11. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it more, have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Let's pray. Father, I give you this time. I pray that that you would speak through me, that your Holy Spirit would be present in this place. Open our hearts and our minds for what you have for us this morning. Give us opportunity to relax in you and to hear your word that you have for us. Thank you for the opportunity to share. In Jesus' name, amen. The relationship between shepherds and sheep has long been a theme of teaching and preaching. In the whole context of these verses from the beginning of the chapter, Jesus establishes himself as the door to the sheepfold, the protector of the sheep, the voice that the sheep recognize and follow, 
And he is the ultimate provider, giving everything his sheep need. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for them. There are thieves and robbers who could sneak into the sheepfold to steal and to kill. But he is the good shepherd and he has come to protect them so that they will experience abundant life. The illustration Jesus uses is the sheepfold. The sheepfold could be any place where shepherds bring their sheep at night, whether it's a, a constructed area or whether it's in a cave, um, but it is a place that has one protected entrance, and it's a place where one person can guard the whole, she- the whole sheepfold. And the entrance was guarded by a gatekeeper and a gate who would only allow shepherds whose flocks were inside to enter. The gatekeeper was responsible for the safety of the sheep in the sheepfold. The abundant life for the sheep was safe passage in and out, comfort for the night, and no fear for the thieves and robbers who would come to steal and to kill. The sheep in the, shep- the, sheep in the sheepfold of the good shepherd experience abundant life because they had no fear. The sheepfold provides safety, sustenance, and security with a shepherd who is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. And they have life, and they have it in abundance. Fast forward 2,000 years. What is the abundant life for us, and how does the concept of a sheepfold apply? Certainly, First Presbyterian Church and everything that is available to us here in circles and in Sunday school and small groups, little sheepfolds around. Jesus is very much the center of what we do here. And we look to him to guide and direct. He offers us abundant life. There are two levels for me, as I see it, for experiencing and protecting that journey to abundant life. The first is my own personal connection. Jesus said that he came that we can have life and have it abundantly. The Greek word translated abundantly carries a strong meaning of overwhelming provision beyond all imagination. Jesus wants to give us life and give it to the fullest over and above all of our expectations. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental forces of this world rather than on Christ. Jesus Christ has to be at the center of everything that we do, everything that we think, 
and everything that we study. He has come to fill us completely so that we can live our lives in alignment with him through the power and authority of the Holy Spirit and experience no fear. That doesn't mean that there are never going to be any problems in our lives. That doesn't mean that we will never experience hardships. That doesn't mean that we will never need to cry out to him and say, God, help me. But we all have, what, what is or what has been your source or your understanding of abundant life? We have all had seasons in our lives when we chased after the things of this world. Before I was old enough to go to school, we lived on the main street that everyone walked on to go to the elementary school near my house. And I would sit on the porch and I would say to my mother, why can't I go? I wanted to go to school. And she would say to me, well, you're not old enough. And I would look at the kids that were walking by our front, the, our front door and I'd say, well, mom, I might not be older enough but I'm bigger enough because I was bigger than most everyone who walked by our front door. I thought that if I could only go to school, then I would be fulfilled. Other things that I imagined would fill my life were that, that bicycle with high handlebars and a banana seat. I had to have one of them because everyone in the neighborhood had them. And then do you remember the video game Pong that came out marketed by Sears? It was exciting. There was a paddle on this side and a paddle on this side and a little blip that went across the screen and your job was to play ping pong, ping pong with it. I knew that if we could get that, I would be, I will have arrived. Then there's driver's license, season tickets to the Philadelphia Eagles at Vet Stadium. That would definitely be something that would bring abundance to my life. A sailboat, a family, a good job, a large emergency fund. A Jeep Wrangler, grandchildren, and the list goes on and on. Only to find out that the more we get, the more we feel like we need. And there's always something higher and better that will bring that real fulfillment to our lives. For example, the Jeep Wrangler that I finally got two weeks ago <laughs> on my bucket list, it has one of those nifty fob controls that you get in the car and you push the button and the car starts. But for some reason, it has that option, but it doesn't have the option that you can just touch the doorknob and open the door. I have to get that fob out of my pocket and push the button to unlock the door. What a hardship. <laughs> right? What a hardship. 
There are things that we desire, that we want, that we think, if I just have that, then my life will be fulfilled. But even in those things that we get, there are shortcomings. And we know that the source of our fulfillment is not in the things that we collect, but in the relationships we cultivate. I love my wife, my daughters, my son-in-law, and my soon-to-be son-in-law, my grandchildren, and even my brother's chihuahua who recently moved in with us. These relationships are fulfilling However, the only relationship that can offer life to the fullest is my relationship with Jesus Christ. I understand what it means in John 10.10 when Jesus said he has come to give life and give it to the fullest. I can't imagine life without Jesus. Matthew tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. Paul encourages us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And also, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if, if there is anything worthy of praise, then think on these things. Scripture is full of challenges and encouragements to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on our relationship with God. Philippians 3.8 says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Do we count all the things that we have collected, all the things that we have acquired, do we count them as rubbish in, in the sight of our relationship with Jesus Christ? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then a verse taken from our responsive call to worship. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. How wide are our mouths open, expecting to receive from God his fullness? When I read this from Psalm 81, I picture myself tilting my head back, looking up to the Lord, and opening wide my mouth. My experience of life to the fullest is directly related to the amount of time I spend with him completely focused on him without distraction. Often I find myself satisfied with just enough 
and I end up running on empty. And when I crash and burn, God gets my full attention and brings me back on track. Last week, I substituted for Scott on, a Wednesday, at a, on Wednesday at Franklin Park on Sunset, leading a Bible study for an awesome group of residents. In the course of our discussion, I told them that I had, busy, I had been busy over the last few weeks officiating over numerous memorial services. One of the residents said, well... How do you refresh yourself after you have been so busy? An honest answer might have been not nearly enough and not nearly often enough. However, what I've learned over the years is that if I want to experience life to the fullest in my relationship with Jesus, I need alone time with him. And I've worked hard at establishing a time, a place, and a plan to keep my relationship with Jesus fresh and new. 28 years ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, and I may have shared this before. My aunt bought me a comfortable, lazy boy recliner. The doctor prescribed it because he knew how much time I would be spending recuperating from the surgery and then going through the process of radioactive iodine treatments. For over two months, that chair became my resting place and also my place to fall into God's arms and feel his presence. It was situated directly in front of our wood stove in the basement of our house in Vermont. And that was the place that I went to be refreshed. Do you have a place? Do you have a place that you can go to be refreshed? Do you have a plan and do you have a time? My times sometimes are when I'm tired and I need to sit down before God. And often that chair was my place to sit, and it became, when I sat in that chair, I felt close to God. Well, we moved to Texas, and that chair came with us. And it's not all about the chair, but it is about the chair, because that was my place where I felt close to God. And when we moved here, I tried to find, uh, I tried to reestablish uh, that front pew right there has been one of my new places. The chapel in the back on the left has been another one of my places. And then the, chap the larger chapel, another one of my places. When I walked into this, this room when I was interviewing, there was something here that I felt was going to be a, a great place to stay connected in my relationship with God. But none of those places, neither of those places, had, was, was equal to the lazy boy. I couldn't find the right place in the house to make it my place. 
I even tried buying another chair that would fit in my office at home and put it in the corner and it had all set up in the corner. And I sat in that chair and it was like, mm-mm, this isn't it. Finally, I decided that I would, have, I would move the Lazy Boy, even though I thought it was too big, I would move that chair into my office, put it in the corner, and when I did that and I sat in it, I felt like here I am, sitting with God and his arms are around me. It was, I had finally found that place. I had finally found and, and come home. And, and now the issue is, am I spending enough time there? Am I spending enough time there alone with Jesus? Our alone time with Jesus is the foundation of our abundant life. And I would offer and, and seek your accountability to say to me, how's the chair? And how much time have you been spending there being refreshed in your relationship with God? But it's not just what we do on our own, but we do have to work hard. And I hope in, in all of what I've shared, there is a journey that each of us need to have to find that place to find that opportunity, to find the plan to nurture our abundant life in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we're not doing that, we're going to find ourselves running on empty. However, we've been created to experience our relationship with God in community. And that's where each of you comes in for me and where we come in for each other. Our mission state, statement reflects it. We are to love Christ, love one another, and love the city. Coming together, this is our sheepfold. This is the place where we should experience safety. This is the place where we are, we are safe from the robbers who come to steal and to kill. This is the place where we can connect together and pursue God together and to help each other to come to that place where we're experiencing the abundant life that Jesus Christ wants to give us. And that is something that becomes an example to people who see us. When they look at us, and hopefully they look at us and say, there's something about those first, first Presbyterian people. Now, they may say that, but what do they mean? Our hope is, is that they see Jesus Christ in us because we are working hard to protect the abundant life and to receive the abundant life and to make ourselves available to accept the abundant life that Jesus Christ has come to give us. So I ask you again, from the beginning of the service, what is the chief and highest end of man? Man's chief and highest end 
is to glorify God and to fully enjoy him forever. In pursuit and acceptance of the abundant life that Jesus Christ wants to give. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you have given us a shepherd who is willing to lay down and has laid down his life for us. Give us opportunities to nurture the fullness of life that is available to us. Open our hearts and our minds to how you want to guide and direct us. Help us to spend quality time with you and also spend quality time with each other. Thank you that you have called us together to enjoy you together. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be present with us and that you would fill us to the brim knowing and understanding that as we pursue you, you will fill us. Thank you that your love continues forever. In Jesus' name, amen.